Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. You become more noticeable if you have some sort of fear or anxiety thoughts that pop into your head about certain situations and you can address them as they come up and just don't constantly harp on it. But I think once, especially when I started my website and started connecting with other people and then through them connecting with other people and then almost like a whole new world opened up. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Dr. Jeff Anzalone. Jeff is a full-time practicing periodontist in the great state of Louisiana. He's an author and the founder of DebtFreeDoctor.com. His focus is on helping doctors and other high-income professionals create passive income from real estate so they can stop trading their time for money. So, Jeff, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you came to be where you are today? Sure. A couple of weeks before I finished my training at LSU, I'm supposed to go into to a, a group practice here in, in a small town in Louisiana. And I was relying on that group to teach me about the business. Because when you go to dental school or medical school or law school or whatever, you learn your trade. You don't learn how to run a business. You don't learn anything about money either. And unfortunately, two weeks before I finished, they pulled the deal out from under us, from under me. And I had a two-month-old, about $300,000 of student loan debt. But the worst part about it was I had no clue what to do, where to start, you know, because, you know, you start about a, a year before you finish your training to start networking with people, or if you're going to buy a practice, mm-hmm. go in with somebody, it takes about that long to do it. So that threw us in a, a bit of a frenzy. Luckily, a guy out of the blue was also a dental specialist. He had gone through sort of the same ordeal that happened to him too. So he took me under his wings. He helped me network with other dentists in the area, start the business, rent from him, could use his staff, could use his equipment, which was great. I didn't have to take out any more loans. Yeah. But also at that point, 
when I did have the job, we had bought our house and we're just paying interest only on it. So I had a ton of debt and I actually had to go back to what I was doing in high school and college, mow yards, probably the only periodontist in the U.S. that was mowing yards on the side. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet for the family. So at that time, we were pretty big Dave Ramsey followers. So I just followed his baby steps to to start tackling a lot of the different student loan debt we had and then cleared that up, eventually cleared up the mortgage. And that took about seven, seven and a half years to do. And finally bought the building that I'm in now and moved on and opened my own practice. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a tough situation. It's kind of a punch in the gut, <laughs> but you were able to come back and, and ultimately thrive. So what did it teach you? It took a lot to get out of what it did to me. And I went from having, when you're in school, knowing that you're going to get out making a decent income, you know, a decent six-figure income, you don't really worry too much about your bills or debt. And then when you have all that taken away from you, just like that, I went, I actually went from, I guess, more of a, an abundance type mindset to one of scarcity and fear Mm -hmm. to see everything that, Hey, everything can just be pulled out from under you. So, and it really took me a long time to get rid of that scarcity slash fear type mindset, which, you know, occasionally it'll pop its head up again. Mm -hmm. But that that was probably one of the hardest things to do to get over. And I really didn't know I, it had happened until I started learning about it. And then I looked back at what had happened over my career. I said, you know what? This really sounds like me. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest factors. Yeah. No, I think that's a great lesson. The This like mindset is everything, right? And, and through that lens, you, you view the world and it affects the decisions you make and the, and the opportunities in front of you or whether you view them as, as opportunities or as difficulties. And so you end up in this scarcity mindset, right? This fear mindset. You said it took you a while to, to kind of realize that, but what was the impact to your, your life, your business, you know, of that, what I call negative mindset? If I could sum it up in one word, it would be worry. Mm-hmm. Always worrying about the next day, the next patient, where we're going to have enough to live on. And it's kind of funny for a few years at that time, I was writing down sort of journaling every day and I came across that journal not that long ago. And it, it's just funny looking back at what I was 10, 12 years ago, what I was going through and just kind of laugh at it and looking mm-hmm. at it now going, Hey, that's, that's silly that I was even worried about that or this and that. So, and I do know that people do recommend that you journal. So I, I do think that I don't do it anymore, but I do think that that would, could help, especially if you're going through issues or if you have kids that are going through issues, mm-hmm. you know, actively writing it down mm-hmm. to get through some of that. Yeah. And I think journaling is a, a great technique. And I'm sure that was pretty powerful for you to be able to look back and and see that change in mind. Because it's probably not as apparent day to day, but when you are able to look back several years and kind of see that, that comparison, I'm sure that was pretty shocking. Yeah, for sure. And once you realize that more than likely things happen for a reason, and I'm, I'm glad that all this happened because I wouldn't be, you know, in this position that I'm in now. So I'm, I'm real thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So you went through this period of scarcity. You 
you continued to, to educate yourself and learn. You, you recaptured your abundance mindset, it sounds like. And, but the idea of, of worry, right, as you mentioned, was kind of sticking with you. So how did you, how did you cure that? How did you cure that worry? I mean, what did you put into place? Well, I don't think you ever cure worry. It's, it's you become more noticeable if you have some sort of fear or anxiety thoughts that pop into your head about certain situations and you can address them as they come up and just don't constantly harp on it. Mm -hmm. But I think once, especially when I started my website and started connecting with other people and then through them connecting with other people and then almost like a whole new world opened up that was out there that I'm, I'm real thankful for the internet and these Zoom calls and where you can connect with people because, you know, as a solo practitioner, you know, I come here, I do my little thing and I go home and it's a real small world, you know, no pun intended. And you can look at that or really any anything, any type of thing in your life. You know, if you get some sort of we're talking about real estate, take real estate, for example, you may want to be trying to do investing on your own. But once you get out there go to meetings, go to conventions, join masterminds, and you just know and you start meeting people and you're like, man, the possibilities are unbelievable. My real estate, local real estate mentor, he's a billionaire with a B. And I went and talked with him a couple of years ago and I got home and I told my wife, I learned more in two and a half hours with him than I did probably in two years of college. Mm-hmm. It just completely opened my mind to the possibilities out there. So but if you're in that fear scarcity mindset, then there's there's only one pie. You know, you have your pie, and mm-hmm. you can't let anybody have any piece of your pie. You know, you want to hoard everything versus abundance, where there's there's a, a pie shop in the back cranking pies out for <laughs> whoever wants it. So there's there's right. more than enough to go around. That's one of the main lessons that I learned. Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic lesson, and it seems like it's had tremendous impact on on your life and your level of success since then. So you mentioned you found this group of like-minded people. You start kind of building that abundance mindset by realizing that there's there's like this whole new world out there, like you said, right? And, and I imagine a lot of that was, was was getting into different types of real estate investments and understanding passive income based on what you're doing now. So tell us a little bit about how that experience in, evolved into this idea that you needed to develop additional streams of income. Well, I think it all started when I was someone else that asked me this question on a podcast and I really had to think about it. And I think it all started back years ago when we were skiing in Beaver Creek, Colorado, when I was going down a a run and a a kid cut in front of me and I swerved and I fell and, and injured my wrist. And I guess you never think about getting sick or injured until you get sick or injured. You know, you, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got two teenagers and they think that they, they're invincible, you know? So that got me thinking, well, if I did become temporarily or permanently disabled, how would I take care of my family? Because I'm the sole provider for the family for the most part. So that got me thinking, I need to have other income streams coming in that aren't relying on my hands. I didn't know where to start. So I started I'm an avid reader. So I started reading books, 
networking with people, listening to podcasts. And then I noticed that one of the common characteristics of millionaires was about 90% of them had real estate in their portfolio. And the average millionaire had, I think, three to nine streams of income. The only real estate at that time in my portfolio was our primary residence. And I only had one stream of income coming in. So that's what got me started going down the road. And, and, and it, it wasn't like an overnight deal, as you know, it took years and years, but that actually got the ball rolling down the hill. Gotcha. No, that makes a ton of sense. And what type of real estate are you investing in? I think it's really important to, especially if you're married, to develop goals because they're going to guide you down the path. So I knew that I wanted other streams of income but I didn't want to get another job. We wanted to spend as much time with our kids before they move out. And I didn't want to work extra weekends or, you know, I see some of these dental offices open on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm like, that's why you go to dental school to to not work on weekends, you know, but (laughs) I think my dentist is only open like four days a week, maybe. Yeah. So (laughs) to each his own, I guess. But I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to work extra hours. I knew after learning about single family homes and friends that are active investors, I knew I did not want to be a landlord and deal with, with these sheriffs calling you at two in the morning. Somebody's broken into a, one of your tenants' cars or plumbing issue or, you know, my anesthesia nurse, she, she's an active investor. And over, I think a couple of months ago, somebody called her at one in the morning hot water heater busted. And so she was walking around in six inches of water in her, I mean, I, I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. So luckily during that process, I was able to find out there was other options, i.e. passive investing. It was at a seminar in Dallas that I learned about all these different things, note investing and mobile home parks, apartment syndications, which that's what I was sort of attracted to. And then from there, developed a little bit more goals. Like I said, I have two teenagers. I want something that's lower risk, which is going to have a little bit lower return, but more conservative, something that's cash flowing, that has a track record. So that led me more to, you know, value add class B, Mm -hmm. B class apartments. Mm -hmm. But we're looking at some other investments, the other types of investments this year, but that that's why it's so important setting goals because those are going to guide you as you start looking at different things down the right path. Yeah, absolutely. And so you you set out and you created debt free doctor. It's debtfreedr.com. And tell us a little bit about, about that website. I realized as a, a doctor, we have like this S, big S on our shirt we walk around with not for Superman, but for stupid, because we get pitched stuff all the time. And I just hear story after story, people and myself included getting screwed out of a deal. Mm. So once I started learning this process and started becoming a little bit more successful with it, I wanted just to share my experience. I had no idea. The only thing that I knew how to do was literally push the power button on the computer and get on the internet and check my email and go to websites. That was Mm -hmm. it. So I had to teach myself how to resources online, how to start a blog. And it was nothing more than 
what I was doing and then what I was learning. So I would learn something about cap rate. And I said, well, I think people should know about that. And I'd write an article on it. And the more that I did, the more people I had coming to the site. And then I started hearing from them. They would ask me questions. Hey, what do you think about this? Or what is this? And then that would give me, and so it just, it just started growing from there. So now I think we average 30 to 40,000 visitors a month wow. on the site. So it's, it's gotten fairly popular. That's great. And I think that's your abundance mentality in practice, right? You've, you're not just hoarding these lessons you've learned, but you're actively seeking to give back. I think, I think that's amazing. I think you're giving back and teaching people and helping people avoid bad mistakes, which is a very kindred spirit. I mean, that's exactly what, what this show is about as well, is how do we make those good investing decisions? So that's awesome. So you've, you've gotten to that point, you've educated yourself, you're passively investing. And now, or you reached a certain point where you moved from passive to actually actively investing, right? So tell us a little bit about that transition. It's actually a funny story about a year and a half ago, I'm reading a book. I believe it was called The Passive Income Physician by Dr. Tom Black. And I had it like laying down on the stand next to me. And I get an email from a Thomas Black MD at the same time. And I'm asked my wife, I said, this is weird. I was like, I wonder if this guy's stalking me on, I don't know if you could stalk people on Amazon or, or how that worked, but it was strange, you know, the coincidence, but again, I don't believe in coincidences. So he just said he found my website. He really liked a lot of the messages that education I was putting out because I think 85%, he was one of the partners in Nepali Capital and about 80 to 85% of their investors were physicians, doctors, dentists, chiropractors, and just wanted to meet. But he was only, they're in outside of Dallas, only just four, four and a half hours away. So I started meeting with them every quarter face-to-face, even during the 2020 shutdown, gave me something to do because I couldn't treat patients, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I went through that process for a year you know, meeting with them, walking property with them. I wanted to get more involved, really getting to know them and their family. Then I eventually invested with them. And after I invested with them, kept meeting a little bit more. And then they asked me to to join their group as a type of partner to where I'm pretty much doing what I'm doing now, educating people and investor relations. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I was honored that they would ask me because I'd already had invested with three other syndicators at the time. So, Mm -hmm. as you know, the more people you invest with, the more differences you can tell between each group. Absolutely. And if you just invest with one group, well, you're going to probably, and they're great if you have good returns, but that's because you haven't invested with anybody else. So, I was able to look at these four different groups and the pros and cons, and I And I just really liked everything that they were doing. They always put their investors first, good group of, you know, ethical, moral guys. And I I couldn't say the same thing about the other people because I didn't really know them as well, but I could see the, the differences. So that was the transition from going from a limited partner to a general partner last year. 
Gotcha. Well, very cool. That's an amazing path of education and finding abundance and beginning to spread the wealth. And then, you know, now actively moving to, uh, to have, have partnership in your own deals. That, that's really impressive story. So for your peers out there who are not investing or, or are not creating other streams of income, this is coming from, from my background prior to real estate. I, I was in healthcare and, and I just know that doctors tend to listen to other doctors. So, so tell them why they, they should be investing in something to create other streams of income. A great example is what happened last year with when pretty much the whole world shut down with the pandemic in 2020. You would think that pretty much any physician or anybody in healthcare that had anything to do with treating patients in general, especially with COVID patients, would be really busy. But what happened was, and this was coming from the Academy, I don't know the exact word, but the Academy of Emergency Medicine Physicians, basically ER doctors. Mm -hmm. And what had happened was so many hospitals lost so much money and they had to cut back that a lot of these people now that had spots that were in a residency and they had jobs lined up. Well, now they don't. A lot of them. And they're like, well, I'm I'm this well-trained person. I can't get hired. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you never know what's around the corner is what I'm trying to say. You never know when the next pandemic or the, the next 9-11 is going to happen or, or whatever, or you're, or you're injured, anything. You don't know. So it's more of an insurance policy from that aspect. But the other aspect is, and I like options. I don't want to be told I have to work for 40 years and put all my money in a 401k and then I can enjoy myself when I'm 70. Well, mm -hmm. what if you want to enjoy yourself in your 30s and 40s? Well, <laughs> if you have extra income streams, you can do that. But if you don't, then you have to do what everybody else does. And I didn't know the difference. So my job is to I'm not telling people what to do. I'm just telling them there's a different ways out there. Mm -hmm. Being from Louisiana to skin a cat or skin mm -hmm. whatever and let them choose. But at least they have the option, kind of like, you know, if you smoke, more than likely you, you're going to get lung cancer. Well, you know the pros and cons. And if you want to keep doing it, great. If not, so be it. Yeah. I mean, well said. I think it's about, it's about just taking a proactive approach, right? Taking a proactive approach and understanding that, you know, like you said, you've got to create that insurance policy. You've got to create that that fallback plan, right? That plan B, because as you said, you, you never know what the future is going to hold. And so you have to create options for yourself. And I think that that very well said. And so I'm curious with someone who obviously, as you were looking at sponsors, as you were vetting deals, as you still are, obviously you've got a full-time job, you're running a practice, you've got kids, a family. Tell us a little bit about your process for finding deals, vetting deals, vetting sponsors, how can someone who, who's extremely busy manage to do that? I think it really starts with education and you're really never going to know what to do un unless you start to educate yourself. People are used to, or at some, probably some point have found maybe a financial advisor or they found a, an accountant and think about what process that they went through. You know, hopefully they, interviewed several and 
So just start asking around about other real estate investors who they've invested with. And, and you, you'll start hearing the same names come up of who to invest with and who to avoid. You want to look at their track record. You know, how many deals have they closed? How many deals have they exited? You can um, go find as much background information as you can. A lot, a lot of it can come from their websites. But again, asking other people about them. But you want to make sure that they align with your going back to goals. You know, make sure that they align with your goals. Are they high risk, new construction, if that's what you like, or mm-hmm. lower risk, but lower returns, more consistent projects? Will that type of person line up with you? What do they do for you as far as tax help? You know, being a high income earner, you're going to have high taxes. So do they help with that? Great thing about the group that I joined is they actually acquired their entire accounting firm, brought them in house. So now they're able to provide tax reduction strategies for all the investors. And I think that's a great thing because as you know, that's, that's one of the main reasons that a lot of us get into real estate. So those are some of the ways that, that I recommend that, that people look at evaluate. Oh, great. Appreciate the insight. As we move toward the end of the show, I want to move into our, our keys to success round. There's a few questions I'd love to ask you. First one is, what is the one question that every investor should ask their deal sponsor? I would ask them, have they ever lost money in a deal? And just see what they have to say. And if have they, they haven't lost, lost money in a deal, mm-hmm. maybe have they ever had a deal that didn't perform as well as projected? And if so, what did they learn from that? Mm-hmm. And what are you looking for when you ask that question? What are you trying to, to vet out? I guess you could kind of probably tell by the way that they answer it. I mean, you can sense when somebody is maybe not telling the whole truth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I want to hear just what they have to say. What Do they have confidence in their voice? Do they Are they sincere about it? Because as you know, if you do this long enough, you're at some point going to lose. And I lost early on in one of my deals was a, a crowdfunding deal online. So mm-hmm. you and me both, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have you beat on the amount, but uh, yeah, that's why I steer clear of crowdfunding. Yeah, you may. Luckily, mine was kind of a toe in the water, but yeah, it had a very similar experience. I think that's an amazing question. And I like how you started with the sponsor, right? And vetting the sponsor out first, kind of understanding. I mean, I think that gets to integrity. How do they answer it? Do they tell the whole truth? All those things are critical. What are you most proud of in your career? I would say, I've, and you always hear this, if you find something that you love, it won't feel like work. And I've always said, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it really is true. I mean, if you go to my site, I don't sell anything. I don't do anything like that. It's just, I just enjoy doing it. And I spend upwards of 20 hours a week on it, on the website, uh, Mm -hmm. YouTube videos and everything else that goes along with it, these types of podcasts. And I never get tired of it. So I think I'm most proud of finding uh, real estate and having this niche. Maybe that's the reason that God put me to dental school is because I can relate to these people that come to me and email me on a daily basis about passive income or real estate help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What book should everyone read? It's actually laying here on my desk. I just finished it not that long ago. 
I kid my wife because I told her that she was probably the co-author. It's a die with zero. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Perkins. I don't have many books that really, really impact me like the way that this book did. Mm -hmm. But he really puts money and life and health in perspective Mm -hmm. about how you should enjoy enjoy it while you can, while you're healthy, because if you don't and you're in your 70s and 80s, you're not going to more than likely be able to enjoy it. So it, it gives a lots of good examples. He was, a, I believe, a hedge fund guy from Austin, I believe, but gotcha. great book. Yeah, that, that's a great lesson. I know you brought it up before about the typical mindset of building your 401k and then retiring in 40 years and uh, and enjoying life, right, at that point. Yeah. But if you don't have your health when when you're in your 70s, I mean, there's not a not a lot you'll be able to enjoy, right? So yeah, I mean, because a lot of times great. people say, well, I want to save all this money. And when I retire, when I'm 70, I want to travel. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Do you get to that point? You're like, I don't feel like traveling. I don't want to deal with <laughs> airport people and right. airplanes and sleepless nights at these hotels. I mean, it's enjoy it now while you can and while you still enjoy it is is his main thing. Mm-hmm. That's a great lesson. Lastly, what is your number one key to success? I'd say, and I heard this the other day that actually reiterated it to my kids. Somebody on a podcast that interviewed the girl, I don't remember her name, but she started, she's a billionaire that started Spanx, the clothing Mm -hmm, company. mm -hmm. I don't remember her name, but she said growing up, her dad always asked her and her brother, I've never heard this before. I said, Hey kids, tell dad what you failed at this week. Cause what do parents do now? They don't want their kids to fail at anything. They they want, you know, everybody to get a trophy, which is Mm -hmm. the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. But there's a winner and there's a loser and you're going to, you're going to have successes and you're going to have failures. So I guess don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. That's awesome. Looking back on my life, I've, I am where I am today is because of my failures, not because of my successes. Yeah. You often learn more from the failures, right? Absolutely. Great, Jeff. I appreciate you being on the show. We talked a little bit about the website, maybe reiterate for folks. If folks want to get a hold of you, how can they get in contact? Yeah, a couple of ways. I actually put together a passive income guide. If they go to debtfreedr.com forward slash free guide, they could download that. Or if they have any specific questions, Jeff, J-E-F-F at debtfreedr.com. Awesome. We'll make sure it's all in the show notes for folks. Perfect. Jeff, thanks for coming on and sharing your story and, and your knowledge and your unique perspective. Have a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro. 